Father Don Bosco, um, welcome to Power and Witness the podcast. And you are head of uh, EWTN Africa News, uh, Aussie Africa, and you're based out of Kenya and Nairobi. Yes. Nairobi, yep. And you know, Africa is a big, growing population source of the world population, and and it's certainly a source of Catholicism in that population is big. I mean, Nigeria is a country of 256 million. 94% of Nigerians go to mass every week. Kenyans, 73%. United States is like 24%. So you have a great, you have devotion, practicing Catholics. What makes, uh, why do you think it is behind that, that strong devotion? Thanks. Uh, mm -hmm. Father Mark, so this could be attributed to multiple factors. Um, so one is the fact that um, Africans take religion very seriously. Um, scholars have uh, described them as notoriously religious. Mm. So manifesting faith by going to church um, is part and parcel of the life of Africans. And that um, um, if you are going to miss attending mass, people from us would come to your home to find out if you are unwell. Right. So that network of uh, families. And um, the church also has in Africa adopted um, a new way of being church by having small Christian communities, similar to what is in the Acts of the Apostles, the first Christians who had uh, a common living. But in this case would be families that are in the, in the same neighborhood. Right. And so uh, five to 10 families would make one small Christian community and that they meet regularly wow. to share, to pray together, to to break the word of God, mm -hmm. to, to meditate on the word of God, to reflect on the word of God. And it is this then that makes part of the structure of the church. So there is a family, then there is the small Christian community, then there is the sub-parish, and then there is a parish. Mm -hmm. And so a parish priest then works and operates through the help and guidance of these small Christian communities. And that's a common African experience? Is that just Kenya? Or this something? is not just Kenya. Okay. This is uh, a model of church that mm. uh, Catholic bishops in Africa have adopted at the level of the symposium of Episcopal Conference of Africa and Madagascar, SECAM. Is there a terminology for it? It's, it's called SECAM. Oh, SECAM. SECAM. Oh. So it is the symposium of Episcopal Conferences ah. of Africa and Madagascar, so also the islands. So they have adopted this uh, church family of God with a structure of small Christian community. And that is a, a big boost for the church because whatever right. activities that are taking place, they have to begin from that reality. And they meet to share challenges and joys. Mm -hmm. And so they go to church together and after church, they would be meeting again in the course of the week. Mm. So it's not just a Sunday event, ah. it's a, a lifelong thing. And, and uh, 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 the fact that liturgy on Sunday 
um, is a place that uh, Africans feel they get hope. So the praise and worship, the liturgy is, is active. There is singing, there is dancing, there is drumming, there is, um, and it doesn't just take a short time. It's normally prolonged celebrations. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a, an event that people look forward to wow. participating in. And when the people, say like these four or five families, go to the weekly meeting, what do they call that? Do they call, oh, I've got, I'm gonna go to what? Small Christian community. So That's each like, small community okay. has, has, ha, has a patron saint. Hmm. So each community picks a patron saint. Uh -huh. And um, in each region, it would have a local name uh, that is, oh, so okay. in English, it's the small communities. Okay. In the French speaking Africa, they also call it uh, basic Christian communities. Hmm. Uh, in Swahili, they would call it Jumuiya, wow. which is uh, literally coming together. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's a, a reality. In fact, uh, it is promoted all over Africa hmm. so that you find an identity in those communities. So if it's, it's such that if you come to the parish priest for a service, he will ask you, where have you come from? Which community do you belong to? Oh. And, and they would require sometimes a recommendation mm. from the leadership of the community to show your activeness mm. in, in that. So um, the structure is working very well for Africa and other continents like uh, um, South America and elsewhere have looked at this model and their studies now have been done by other continents to take this model of being right. charged. You know, it's interesting. I mean, here in the United States, they have mega churches, the Protestants, and they're very big on the small groups. But those are like individuals going. So the husband might be in a small group, the wife might be in a small group, yeah. a different small group, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. they could have couple ones too, but yeah. the emphasis here is the family. It's the family, family. yes. Yeah. And then in parishes, then there are also other devotional groups. Right. So devotion to Mary, devotion to the Blessed Sacrament. Mm. And then there is also um, a reality of uh, groups that come together to foster um, their grouping. So we have Association of Catholic Women. Right. So Catholic Women Association, mm. which is a CWA that begins at the level of the parish. And then mm. there is the Catholic Men Association, CMA, also at the level of the parish. Then you have youth groups mm. that have also their own identity. And then you have the young adults, those right. who are beyond a certain age of youthfulness. Right. Then you have young couples right. that also have a group. And oh. these groups um, don't just meet during Sunday mass. They also organize their own weekly or bi-weekly meetings. Right. Now, does, uh, does this happen in the big cities as well? Or is it more in the countryside? It, it is all over. all over. It's it's a model that the, 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 the continent bishops conference, the symposium of episcopal conferences of Africa and Madagascar, SECAM, 
has adopted. Mm. And so uh, because it's been adopted at that level, then each bishop implements it in his Episcopal see. Right. And, 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 and that is the orientation, that is the structure of being church. Mm. Yeah. And <clears throat> in terms of now at the national level, there are annual meetings of these groups of this uh, Catholic Women Association, Catholic mm -hmm. Men Association. Mm -hmm. So they would have at the diocesan level, they could also have at national level. Mm -hmm. uh, and normally there would be big groups. Then the conference also organized pilgrimages uh, that mm -hmm. are national. Right. Also Eucharistic uh, congresses mm -hmm. that are national. And that usually brings together thousands mm -hmm. of, of people. Uh, what are some of the really big pilgrimages? I know I've heard one for the Ugandan martyrs. The Ugandan so, martyrs annual, and that's yeah. uh, the biggest, I think, on yeah. the on the continent. In Kenya, uh, there is um, 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 a shrine, a Marian shrine, um, that is in a, a diocese called Nakuru, which is um, 150 kilometers uh, out of the city of Nairobi. Uh -huh. And, and there is a, a shrine there that uh, is national shrine. And they have an annual meeting there on the 7th of, uh, of October. Yeah, like roughly how many people would go to that? Thousands. That the last thing. one in October 7th mm -hmm. was the last uh, pilgrimage mm -hmm. there. They approximated 32,000 uh, oh. faithful. And it's normally prepared, animated by a particular diocese. Yeah. And each diocese then takes initiatives to, to, to participate. Mm. And so in one diocese, they launched a walking on foot. They walked for about 300 and something kilometers wow. to, the, to, the, to the celebration, to the event. Right. Um, and the Ugandan one, I heard... Millions, that one. They, I'm sorry, millions? Millions attend the, the, the wow. Ugandan one because uh, uh, the Ugandan one is international. Mm. Uh, so it's not just the Ugandans, but people come from elsewhere. Mm. People come from Kenya, people come from Tanzania, people come from Malawi, people come from Zambia. Wow. So it's uh, international and it's the, uh, this were the first uh, African martyrs. Wow. Oh, they were the first? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. And I heard the church, is, is it built like a funeral, like a pyre, a, a funeral yes. pyre? Kind of? Yes. Yeah. The, the, wow. Have you been to that one? Yes, I've been yeah, there. Yeah. It's uh, the place called Namugongo. Namugongo is mm -hmm. the, the name of the, mm -hmm. of the place where the shrine is. Of course, there's also the, the Protestant one because there were 22 Protestant mm -hmm. and 20, 20 Catholic uh, mm -hmm. martyrs. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, in the year 2019, uh, the Bishops' Conference for Africa marked or concluded the um, a golden jubilee mm. of its existence mm. from uh, Uganda, from Kampala, from Namgongo. So the, the mass was uh, held mm. at the shrine of the martyrs. And Africa is known to, I think, for its, uh, its orthodoxy, for the faith. It's not as liberal as the West. Um, can you describe that? Why is that? Just simply practicing the faith, I guess, or yeah, and this was seen also with the the synod on the synodality, where mm. the, the 
those representing Africa um, were keen on uh, uh, not fostering or not promoting this um, LGBTQ uh, mm. issues or same-sex mm. uh, um, blessing or same-sex unions, also women deacons or ordination of women. I, I think um, it, the, the Orthodox Catholicism, in a way, um, fits into African values. Mm. Okay, so when you talk about marriage being between a man and a woman, that's what African culture teaches also, mm -hmm. speaks about. So uh, uh, quoting a, a bishop from Cameroon who was interviewed uh, by the Catholic Register, he said in Africa, marriage is between a man and a woman. Anything beyond that is witchcraft. Mm. Uh, basically, it's uh, not acceptable. It's an abomination. Right, right. Uh, and so, it being an African value, um, when you embrace Catholic faith, it goes with it right, uh, that right. you will foster um, heterosexual relationships. Right. Yeah. Right. And 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 um, the bishops uh, are strong on um, having these values, you know, promoted. Yeah. Yeah. And it seemed like, too, Africa, I know in seminary we studied, uh, we had a number, um, we had like maybe 10 or 15 Nigerian seminarians. And when they'd become deacons, they were all like strong preachers. You have a culture of, maybe it's an oral culture or a, <laughs> a preaching culture there. Uh, yeah, this depends on... Um, a number of, I think, factors could be personality. But you are right that um, um, some Africans come from an oral background where, you know, uh, the word is is prominent. Um, and so they, they, they appreciate oratorial skills. And they take mm -hmm. uh, good uh, lessons from uh, their background, could be family, could be uh, extended family, um, that oratorial skills are important in life. Mm. And that gives them the, the, the charismatic, adding yeah. the Holy Spirit, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> drives them on to it. <laughs> Grace builds on nature. Right? Yes. yes. And yes. maybe if you live just a more intensely uh, Family life, communion, like you're just talking more, right? And there's that oral uh, storytelling and things that might be more greater part of the culture. I mean, you know, in America, we watch a lot, right? We're media, we're entertainment, so we're not as communicating as much. And um, but I've always enjoyed that. What, what? Yes, added to that is the that's what also what makes liturgy in Africa um, um, important because. Uh, people meet to celebrate. And um, in the normal rural settings, there is no hurry. Mm. So if you preach for five minutes, that's too short. Right. If you preach for 10 minutes, people will ask you after mass, what's wrong with you? I mean, are you sick? Are you sick? <laughs> 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 
Now to be able to um, capture the attention of people for that minute homily, right. you need to have oratorical skills. Yeah, you got to be good. You right? need to be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're going to keep your homily for one hour, and indeed, indeed, uh, in some um, Eucharistic celebrations uh, presided over by uh, by bishops, there are bishops who preach for for, for an hour, mm. uh, and that requires a certain charism, a certain uh, skill in uh, oratory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I guess you probably. Do they work on it in the seminary? Is that something that's emphasized in the seminary? Um, or just a good question, yeah, because homiletics mm -hmm. uh, depends also on the professor. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's case by case. Um, but yes, in, in, in um, seminary, there is an emphasis on uh, um, preaching, proclaiming, the, the gospel, right. and also uh, linking it to, to to the word of God. Right. Uh, so in a way, uh, distinguishing between comedy, entertainment, mm -hmm. and and a homily and right. preaching. Yeah. Um, there is also um, suggestions that uh, it could be done better because there is a way in which communication has been left out in seminar formation, um, and I can draw this from my own experience, that it was my own initiative in communication that took me to study communication. Otherwise, in the regular seminar program, mm -hmm. um, communication is not emphasized, is not, is not even taken as a, a cause, a mm. key cause. Yeah. So there are suggestions that, um, and especially now with the you are talking to a digital culture, people who have been digitalized. You need to have these skills. Yeah. You need to have uh, uh, knowledge on, on, on modern communication. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you did study that, right? You have a degree in communications and... Yeah. Yes, I have a master's degree mm -hmm. from Marist College uh, mm -hmm. in New York, but a PhD uh, from a Kenyan university. In communication, media studies, and journalism, and like the modern, like I was in Addis Ababa. I mean, I was at a parish there for a little bit. You know, I talked to some people there, but it it struck me as like a modern city. Um, so I imagine they would have the same challenges of people being real busy and a lot of media and stuff like that. Is that that's true across Africa? It's typical big city problems and things. It's, also, it's good to, re, to acknowledge that uh, Africa is diverse, mm -hmm. very diverse. It's a continent that has 54 countries. And you have this uh, sub-Saharan Africa and uh, uh, the northern part of Africa mm -hmm. that is predominantly Islam mm -hmm. with um, Arabic culture. Um, and, and so it's not easy to speak of Africa as if it was one, one entity, one, you know, so, so the diversity is, is huge. And then each country has a rural setting population and an urban population. Mm -hmm. There are cross-cutting uh, realities. So this aspect of taking um, religion seriously, 
cuts across, whether in rural or urban. This reality of the small Christian community is a reality both in rural parishes and in urban parishes. Mm -hmm. It's just the modalities that change. In the rural setting, it is more about families next to each other geographically. In the urban setting, people sometimes decide. Mm -hmm. So it's not just uh, immediate neighbor mm -hmm. or geographical realities, but people choose to belong to a community, a Christian community, and they can travel distances right. to be part of that community. In any case, they would have regular meetings apart from just meeting in, right. in, in church. Um, and so that makes the church vibrant, whether in the rural or in the urban, urban settings. Mm. Of course, there are uh, uh, cases of people who abandon their their faith when they go into the urban setting. Mm -hmm. um, they may get into um, uh, immoralities or go out to drink uh, too much on a mm -hmm. Saturday mm -hmm. and then are not able to participate in mass on, on Sunday. Right. But these are just cases. Right. Otherwise, right. ordinarily, uh, people are conscious about uh, um, Sundays and uh, and and masses. Also, because in most of the, like in Kenya and Eastern Africa and a great deal of uh, West Africa, um, Sunday is a, a holiday of obligation. So people don't go to work. Mm -hmm. So they work from Monday to Friday, others up to Saturday noon. Mm -hmm. So afternoon Saturday and Sunday mm -hmm. is is for worship. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is different from the, the, the Northern African countries that are predominantly Islam, where uh, the holiday of obligation is Friday. Mm. And mm. other days are, are for work. Yeah. And what do you think gave Africa, why do they have the love of Scripture, the love of the Word of God? Why is that so preeminent? They have experience of the charismatic renewal, or was it the missionaries, or the... Where does that come from? Could be a combination of mm -hmm. all that mm -hmm. that you mentioned. Um, um, missionaries, uh, and again, missionaries that have come to Africa have also varied because um, they are those who have uh, uh, fostered uh, the Word of God and so uh, emphasized the Word of God the, 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 as meditation and reflection and others have emphasized expression of, 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 of that. Um, and as, as you know, charisms of different congregations uh, differ. Yeah. But yes, a, a great fruit of this is missionaries. Missionaries who, who have come, to, who came to Africa and who are still coming to Africa. And there are regions in Africa that uh, still need evangelization. Right. Right. And, and so we credit uh, missionaries that are still going to the peri peripheries right. of, of Africa. You know, like last February I mentioned that I went to Ethiopia. It was almost three weeks and it, it hit me that there are, you know, there's a lot of religious groups, Protestant groups go there and, and a lot of even secular groups will go to help rebuild things or you know, water supply or whatever the needs. And, 
And then you also have like the Chinese were there, like going after precious metals and everything. And I thought everybody has their eye on Africa. I got religious groups. I, I don't know if it's because there's so many people. There's, I mean, there's obviously there's also economic trials and people suffering there that need help. But it it just struck me that man, there's a lot of different groups here. You know? Yeah, the the variety of groups that um, are in Africa, and sometimes. Um, they are behind the crisis that are mm. in Africa. If you take the example of uh, uh, countries that have oil, right. um, which are known to be not peaceful, some of these uh, conflicts are um, rooted in uh, interests, interest groups. So um, if you take the example of South Sudan, um, most of the oil is in South Sudan. But when it was one country, the piping system was channeled towards the north. So that has remained a reality that the two countries, Sudan and South Sudan, are separate. They are independent countries. The oil, most of it is in the south, but the piping has to pass through, through the north. Mm. And um, uh, uh, then came a civil conflict in South Sudan mm -hmm. just after two years of independence. So they got independence in July 2011. Mm. In December 2013, there was a rift between the president and his deputy president, his vice president. But that conflict has gone on for now. 10 years. Mm. Next month it will be mm. 10 years. But how has it been sustained? Mm. How do they get the ammunition? Mm. Who is supplying them with the guns? Right. So right. they are interest groups. Right, right. Who are bringing. Right. So such a war can only have lasted that long if there are some powers mm. outside the country right. that are, in a way, supporting one another wing and the yeah. other another wing. Right. right. Uh, so and this is true about uh, uh, many other f countries. Talk of yeah. Mozambique, right. talk of Nigeria. Right. Uh, so th the kind of conflicts because of natural resources are also fueled by people with interest or powers with, with yeah. interest. And I, I think they call them like precious metals, but I know like some of the metals used like in our cell phones and stuff some only come from Africa. Yes, yes. And I think in Ethiopia, the Chinese were there building hospitals and highways and everything to have these mining rights and things. And um, yeah, I hope, yeah. hope Africa gets a piece of that. <laughs> yes, yes, and this is, true about, uh, this is true about the Democratic Republic of Congo, where the bishop visited in his in his two-nation visit, mm -hmm. uh, he went to uh, Democratic Republic of Congo and then to South Sudan. And while in Congo, he, he, he was very emphatic. He said, put your hands off Africa. Mm -hmm. That's what he meant. Mm -hmm. the, the, the interest groups that are keen on uh, natural resources right. Uh, right. And, and have unsettled people right. and have uh, the kind of... Um, violent conflicts in DRC that is protracted is because of these uh, interest groups. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
And I just, I was just thinking too, are you well known as well, like for lay catechists? Even like the Ugandan martyrs, right? There were lay catechists that were martyred. So it seemed like that's had a long history, more so probably than in America. I don't know. But, um, that's an area that um, the church is very cognizant of. In fact, mm -hmm. there are areas in Africa where the faith of people is sustained by catechists. Mm -hmm. In South Sudan, for example, where I ministered for about 10 years as, wow. as a priest, um, most of the uh, outstations are run by catechists. Mm. And um, it takes long for priests to, to appear there to offer sacraments. Mm. And it's the catechists then who prepare these uh, catechumens, who prepare uh, people for the sacraments. And indeed, they have sustained the faith of the people mm -hmm. in those communities. So the, the church in Africa recognizes very much the, the ministry of, mm -hmm. of lay people, of catechists. Yeah. And sometimes they work without any support. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes they receive uh, some support. Church in need, for example, helps uh, um, this uh, lay ministry. Uh, sometimes they donate to them uh, bicycles for them to be able to, to move around in, the, in their communities. Uh, such initiatives are a boost to these lay people who are involved in teaching faith. And it's women and men? Sir? It is women and men, more men than women, but it's both women and, and men. And in terms of the news, uh, tell us about your work. I mean, how do you gather information on 54 countries? <laughs> I mean, how do you... Uh... First of all is to uh, acknowledge the, 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 the support of uh, EWTN mm -hmm. to fill this gap that was there. I mean, the need for information from a Catholic perspective was something that um, the bishops in Africa longed for, desired. But um, it's like there, there, was, there were no means to realize it. Mm -hmm. I, for six years, I worked with the Bishops' Conference, the SECAM, the Continental Bishops' Conference, to realize uh, a news agency uh, that was called Catholic News Agency for Africa, CANA. Mm -hmm. But it never picked off because of resources. Mm -hmm. So I just want to acknowledge the support that EWTN has given to SCI Africa mm -hmm. to realize what Kana was supposed to do. Mm. Um, so we have, uh, we are seven full-time staff members, based uh, uh, four of us in Nairobi, uh, one in Cameroon, one in South Sudan with a special budget through uh, a donor, and one now in Angola. And so we have uh, uh, these foot soldiers, the full-timers, mm -hmm. who facilitate the writing of stories in English and in French. Mm -hmm. So we have SCI Africa and SCI Afrique. Mm -hmm. And soon we should be able to have the SCI Portuguese mm -hmm. with a guy in uh, Angola covering the Portuguese-speaking Africa. There are some five, six countries in Africa that are 
Portuguese speaking. And then we have dozen, more than a dozen collaborators across different African countries. And they are helpful in helping these seven people uh, tell Africa's story from a Catholic perspective. So they would share uh, an audio recording, they would share uh, a statement, um, they would be able to avail themselves for, to cover an event on request. Uh, 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 and so with this um, team, we are able to um, have at least 10 stories each day. Mm. So less or more, but mm. an average of 10 stories every day. And a daily newsletter that goes out via email. Mm. And then we have these stories also availed on social media, mm. on Facebook, on X, and on Insta Instagram. Mm. Yeah. And one thing that has happened is that um, the people in Africa who are digital media would be a limited number with smartphones and able to uh, get this information is limited. But we have a population that still relies on radio for news, for mm. information. And so we have Catholic radio stations that pick our content and have it as their news. Right. So that number then is, is uh, multiplied. The audience of SCI Africa is increased through the Catholic radio stations that pick our news stories and in their bulletin of news, they include them, mm. plus the TV stations. Now is that shortwave or FM or? Most of them would be on FM. So mm -hmm. there is um, a very big investment in radio uh, uh, in Africa uh, with the dioceses. So like in South Sudan, each diocese has a radio station, Catholic radio station. Wow. Uh, um, it was an initiative that um, the Comboni missionaries mm. uh, had uh, as a, a remembrance of the canonization of St. Daniel Comboni in 2003. Mm. So I was involved in this initiative of uh, establishing uh, a radio station for the diocese of Rombeck, but also uh, at the level of the capital, having a network of these radio stations where news from each diocese is then shared together yeah. and then redistributed. Right. And that's also true in Kenya. Mm -hmm. uh, there are 26 dioceses, and there are now over 20 Catholic radio stations. All right. Right. Uh, and so um, why? Because uh, people still rely on radio mm -hmm. as the main source of information. And they would be mostly be FM radio stations. Okay. Well, Father, thank you so much uh, for chatting with us. I uh, wish I could talk more, but we got to get you a dinner. So <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks for having me.